0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Migration Oxford podcast. I'm Rob McNeill.
1: And I'm Jackie Broadhead.
0: And uh, today we are talking about municipal ID cards for people generally, including migrants and including irregular migrants. Um, It's not really an area that I have much familiarity with, whereas Jackie uh, knows all about it. So Jackie, can you just explain a little bit about why cities have started issuing, issuing ID cards?
1: Yeah, thanks, Rob. I think this is a really interesting topic of migration governance, because we tend to think about governance as being about citizenship or being about visas, all of which are generally controlled at the national level. But if we want to think about residence in a place and access to services in a city, that might be decided um, at the city level. And that's when a city is going to dis- might decide, oh, we need to know who has kind of residence rights that's very separate from Um, immigration status and what's really interesting with the case of IDNYC is that they said this is about where you're resident, where you lay your hat you know not about your immigration status and so IDNYC is the card that basically says that you're a New Yorker but it's not about whether you're a US citizen and it's not about your migration status and it grants you access to certain things and all these sorts of of things that are beneficial for the whole population um, but it also uh, has that sense of being about your identity within the city, which is quite different from your citizenship or your national identity.
0: So, I mean, effectively, what we're looking at here is something which says our role as a city, our role as our role as sort of as, as the bureaucracy within the city, is not necessarily to enforce migration policy. It's there it, we're we're there to make the city function effectively, and 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 if there are people here who are essentially in some kind of trouble as far as their migration status is concerned, well, that's for them to deal with. With, I mean, in the UK, obviously, it would be the Home Office. In, in the US, I guess it would be ICE or whoever it is. Um, but this, this is a fundamentally different thing. Now, I mean, do you think that, because you've worked on this kind of stuff, I mean, has this created tensions between central and local governments?
1: Definitely has created tensions. Um, I know within New York, for example, the IDMYC was set up before the Trump administration came into office. And then there were very real conversations about whether the city would need to um, get rid of the database, for example. Uh, we talk about firewalls, you know, those principles of weather local government is required to share information or whether it chooses to share information with immigration enforcement and and so there's that more adversarial side of things but one of the things that we talk about is the idea that it's not necessarily just that local and national government are adversarial it's that they have fundamentally different roles So when we think about the UK, for example, which doesn't have a strong ID card culture anyway, but does have the hostile environment where central government, the Home Office, basically said that other parts of government, including local government, should be subordinate to its policy aims, that everybody should care about migration governance. And what's interesting with ID cards and with some of the work of cities is not that they're saying there shouldn't be migration enforcement but it's simply saying that's not our role within the kind of mechanisms of government our role is about access to services. It's about how we support all of the people in our city. And maybe even if we're, if, we're ha- if we're happy or we're neutral about central government doing its job, we're actually trying to achieve something quite different. And that's where I think these ID cards are really interesting, because they're talking about the city as an identity and the city as having a different role from what we think about when we think about our nationality or, or the way that we interact with the state at a national level.
0: Do you find that that has helped create integration outcomes like positive integration outcomes?
1: I think it's quite a fine line to tread between an ID card that feels actually quite stigmatizing if it's just for one group that might actually not be so great for integration because having it is a marker that you're that you don't belong versus an ID card that is trying to have a sense of universality, so it's trying to say we have a shared identity, regardless of what we might say about um, about immigration status or about your citizenship or whatever. And I think that is very important to integration. That idea of a shared identity, that idea of you know building the idea of us, you know the in group, the the group that we are all part of, rather than us and them. Um, that all feels really important and we know that that's really important to integration
0: and so i mean we've talked a lot about the new york stuff but between different areas different locations um is important here i think and i mean like a place like new york this is obviously a you know a highly cosmopolitan city but you know when you're talking about you know i don't some small, I mean, even a small town in, ag- in the agricultural or Netherlands or something like that, is this also somewhere where a, where something like this, where a, an ID card that actually facilitates residence or at least it facilitates sort of access to services, is is feasible, or is it only possible to do this in hyper cosmopolitan places?
1: Yeah, I think this example is also interesting because of what it tells us about policy diffusion. Um, so particularly between cities and particularly through city networks, um, most notably on climate change, but increasingly on migration, we're seeing this um, trend for cities to want to look at best practices from their peer cities and to lift them and, and put them into their own contexts. So that can have lots of advantages because it's you know allowing for innovation and it's allowing for people to kind of see how things are done differently, to not be limited by what's happened in the past. But the risk is exactly as you say, you know, can these things just be lifted and dropped wholesale? And ID cards, I think, is a really good example of one where, no, the experience has not been that you can just lift the New York model and drop it into another context. Lots of European cities, so cities in in Switzerland, for example, in the Netherlands, in France, there's lots of interest, but they've required quite a lot of work to think about how it would land and how it would work well in their national context. Um, So in the UK, there's been very little traction for it because we don't have the ID card culture that would mean that this sort of thing would be taken up in some European countries that really do. So we think about the the Padron card in in Spain that's already been used quite a lot by cities like Barcelona. But yeah, other cities that are thinking about it. But the real lesson here is that you can't just lift an idea and, and import it wholesale. You have to adapt it to your circumstances.
0: Which is a neat place to take us on to the conversation with the people who've uh, been working on this on the ground. I'm joined today by Dr. Albert Gamara, who is the Assistant Deputy Commissioner of the IDNYC project at the New York Department of Social Services, and by Dr. Miriam Chetty, who's a Senior Researcher for the Global Exchange on Migration and Diversity here at Compass, and who is the Principal Investigator on the CMI's or the City Initiative on Migrants with Irregular Status in Europe project. Um, So, Albert, if I can just start with you, what is the role of documents and identification in migration governance generally first?
2: I think it's vital for any individual to have documentation that is accepted during a migration. I do think that's a vital part of migration so that an identity remains. However, it must be a partnership some countries have policies where they remove identity docs as part of the migration process, as part of the asylum process. And so now individuals are left with no means of identity, no means of verifying their identity, and effectively become, I guess the best word I can use is nameless people within a society. And if you're nameless, if you lack an identity, you're not going to be able to do a lot of things that we take for granted day to day. You're not going to be able to go to your child's school. You're not going to be able to to get a job. You're not going to be able to access many government services. The one thing that should be universal across countries, no matter what, is an understanding and an acceptance of identity as a human right. That it's not something that is up for debate. It's not something that should be used and weaponized as a deterrent. That it is a vital component of what it is to be a human being.
0: I mean, we tend to see or imagine the role of identity documents, passports, all this kind of stuff uh, within the migration debate as being something which is about proving your legal right to be somewhere and being something which is granted to you as some evidence of your legal status. But you're working on these municipal ID cards, the IDNYC card, and that's a very different thing, isn't it? Could you just explain to me a little bit about what that is and what it does, what it provides to people?
2: IDNYC is a municipal ID card issued by the City of New York. Um, It is accepted at all government buildings within New York City. It has a number of benefits attached to it, both private sector and cultural partners. Uh, I believe we're upwards of 40 cultural partners, museums, other institutions. And it's about accessibility to all parts of New York for all residents of New York City, whose identity we can verify. Um, There is a larger debate at the federal level but IDNYC is not a part of that IDNYC is about doing what's best for the folks that are residents of the city the folks that are our constituents and that is what has been the unifying message behind the program and its success over the lifespan of the program you know we're now upwards of 1.6 million IDNYC cards having been issued and it's because of that success that unifying message that is important and what it is is Identity is a human right. Everything else or other discussions are completely outside of that box.
0: That introduces us then to this question, which is really, I mean, if somebody doesn't have a legal status at a national level, what the benefit of a local or regional bureaucracy providing them with an ID might be?
2: Well, the benefits is access to services, is the ability to assimilate. Like many of us do not leave our local municipality in our lifetime, you know, or very rarely do. So by just having that ability, you've changed generations because these individuals now feel like a part of the community. These people have access to the services like everyone else. Their families too. Generations after them do because of this opportunity of working with them to verify their identity and giving them the opportunity to have that, you know, individualism in in this societal level. Um, There's nothing that can be done at the municipal level for what's a federal or countrywide problem. But at the local level, you have the discretion to really find solutions that work for the people that live within that community. And I think that municipal IDs work towards that solution. They 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 bring these folks out of, you know, I know the terminology is the shadows. You know, a a tier that is not on the level of the other folks that live within the municipality. Like one of the things that I think is beautiful about IDNYC and municipal ID programs is we're all New Yorkers. Everyone that has an IDNYC is a New Yorker. Anyone that lives within New York City is a New Yorker. And that's something that IDNYC just verifies. And and it evens the playing field. It creates that equity that maybe at a federal, state level isn't available. But at a city level, we've created equity, which is huge. Because that is what it is. Like, no one is better than anyone else. And that's something that's vital for that.
0: Very, very interesting. So, Miriam, if I can move over to you now. So, these policies, as we've discussed, are essentially sub-national. So do you think that they do create tensions with national administrations and 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 how would you suggest that things like that get overcome?
3: Well, here we haven't quite touched upon the sort of the definition of municipal ID cards because there are different types of municipal ID cards that are being granted. I mean, the the, the one um, in New York City is is one type that's granted to all the residents, but there are other types in European uh, cities that are slightly different. Uh, But before I go to that, I I really wanted to stress this point that the municipal ID card is essentially uh, uh, promoting the right to the city and granting a sense of belonging uh, to the territory uh, to which everyone is, is entitled um so it's, it's, as Albert mentioned, it's, it's really the recognition of all people living in that territory uh, that is uh, at stake as citizens and also as actors. And I, I want, want to go back to the sort of definitional uh, a- element of it, which is the kind of right to city principle. And, you know, introduced a while back by uh, Henri Lebreu back in, in 1968 and, and which has been revisited by the UN uh, recently in kind of setting up the Sustainable uh, Development Goals, uh, known also as SDGs, and which stipulate that to ensure that cities and human settlements are inclusive, safe, resilient and sustainable and kind of going back to the question around the, some of the tensions, I mean, uh, depending on the type of, of the ID card, some some of tensions can be circumvented and others cannot. So, for instance, I would like to um, give the example of, of uh, Spanish municipalities, and this is introducing one type of kind of um, identification. Uh, specifically the kind of uh, municipality of um, Barcelona, where they have a, a registry kind of of all residents. Uh, so the procedure is, is kind of um, facilitated by the town hall and regardless of the administrative status uh, of anyone in that um, area. And this this uh, um, registry certifies the name, surname uh, and the address of, of the, the citizen and so this is very much rooted in the national kind of process of counting like um, citizens um, in, by each municipality. So the census this uh, provides, uh, everyone is rooted in the municipal territory and, and uh, will make it uh, easy to develop and design services for um, citizens living there.
0: Thank you very much for that. Now, Albert, just coming back to you, So what's the experience of New York told you about issuing IDs to people without legal status? And particularly I wanted to ask whether it's brought benefits to the city itself or is it more about impacts to the individuals? I think they
2: are kind of worked together in parallel because if you provide benefits to the people, which clearly having an IDNYC card does because you're giving a segment of the population access to identity and services i think that makes the city better i think that that's a part of um, making and benefiting this you know municipality and and i think clearly idnyc has done that for new york city i think that it's opened doors to individuals not just because of the aspect of what an identity means and access to services access to institutions but also in the New York case, the added benefits attached to IDNYC that open up doors to cultural institutions and and the impact that that has on on learning, the impact that has on access to things that you didn't realize you want you had access to, that you could access, that you were a part of, a lot of the great things there are within the city. You know, I would I would say yes, it's been beneficial across the board um, for many and the city as a whole.
0: Miriam, can you tell me a little bit about the impact of receiving municipal IDs on the individuals themselves? I mean, other experiences that sort of extend beyond the New York experience?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, well, obviously, it's difficult <laughs> to answer this without being a direct beneficiary of, of a municipal ID card. But I think, I'm, I mean, from the evidence, uh, yes, there is there's, there's, there's enough evidence that demonstrate that municipal ID cards make it safer uh, particularly for irregular migrants to interact with uh, frontline city workers and and to move around um, in the city more freely um, and and there's also evidence that um, it makes it um, easier for for these irregular migrants to participate in local commerce or, or access for instance municipal facilities as, as Albert mentioned but um, you know there are other examples so for instance in in uh, um, the city of Palermo, where uh, back a few years ago, the the mayor of Palermo declared something very similar to what uh, Albert just mentioned, that everyone living in Palermo is a Palermian, Palermitan. Sorry, uh, but then, uh, but then maybe I'm not. I haven't pronounced it. All. But then, at the, at sort of the the central level, so the security kind of um, dimension of the Ministry of Interior and followed by prohibiting the registration of applicants uh, and uh, to this kind of protection in the civil registry and, and limiting their access to services. And in this particular instance, there was a direct kind of political tension between central you know, government and, and local government. But this is quite unusual because this was kind of more political than in other um, municipalities where the sort of conflict is not so direct. So just to
0: explore that a little bit further, I mean, there there are two things that essentially you're describing there. One is, is that it's safer. And I I just wanted to, I mean, like, when you say safer, can I clarify, does this mean that there are fewer problematic interactions, for example, with police or or if they're victims of crime, for example? Um, But the other thing you're talking about is a policy essentially of inclusion rather than exclusion recognizing that these people are basically there and so therefore you're including them in the, in the community irrespective of whether or not there's sort of other reasons why people might want to exclude them on the basis of their legal status but that that question of safety and that question of inclusion they seem to be key is that right
3: yes absolutely i mean uh, the the question of of uh, safety and and there is a, a whole body of, of uh, um, evidence that's kind of um, growing, uh, particularly in Europe, about um, like safe reporting and uh, by irregular migrants, and the kind of the separation between um, the uh, police and and uh, immigration uh, services. And so, in many um, instances, so for instance, the city of Utrecht or uh, or the city of Ghent or um yeah milan in italy and uh, and so on and so forth so there's you know currently um quite um um, um sort of a number of uh, research um, case studies that are being developed around this but beyond that i mean what what this uh, municipal id card in in instances um, in many european cities does actually um um, you know, once you have it, you you're not, um, you know, systematically kind of uh, stopped and arrested, because you have an identity. While before, you know, I think that it's also important to sort of um, highlight the uh, the sort of when we're looking at irregular migrants, you know, like uh, many of them lose their identity as soon as they kind of enter uh, a territory, and and then you know, and then gain a local identity, in some instances, not systematically, but, you know, like, so there's that sort of tension between losing and gaining, um, uh, and to avoid being kind of removed or deported uh, by immigration.
0: Albert, can I just ask you then how the programme, the IDNYC programme, has been greeted by the the local population? Uh, And also just to kind of inquire a little bit about whether This is something that you think is very specific to New York, or whether or not you think it's something that less cosmopolitan areas might also be able to implement.
2: It was a massive success in New York. That was a different time, though. That was 2014, 2015, before immigration became such a volatile issue um, in the United States. Um, The program still has, according to my perspective, wide-scale support within New York. But the New York situation is different. It's unique. We are a very different type of city built on immigration. We are, you know, a city that supports this. But I think at the end of the day, any process for municipal ID programs, no matter where the location, I think the right thing here is how you message it. I always tell folks, I'm like, this isn't a ID card for anyone special. This is an ID card for New Yorkers and i think that is the messaging i think that you know working with the community to understand what this is is local government doing what the state and the federal government does which is just verifying your identity and it goes the same for everyone else having you know like implemented processes that are secure with integrity so folks feel confident that you are doing what needs to be done as it relates to integrity but also understanding and and simplifying it getting away from the political components of immigration and i know it may sound counterintuitive but it's because you're going to debate there's people on both sides of that issue get away from that make it the simple argument of all we're doing is we have a built-in process on the local level of verifying individuals identity and as long as people meet that threshold they can get this id card which is a local id card which has these benefits attached to it and it's to you know provide equity because one of the things people don't realize is there are numbers of vulnerable groups that do not even have access to id at the state level because a 10 dollar cost a 20 dollar cost is a barrier they cannot confront we're talking about youth we're talking about folks that are unhoused we're talking about folks that are seniors that live on a fixed budget and so ID NYC being a free id program meets that need for these individuals, you know, and that opens doors. For youth, what does this mean? This means they can get some youth employment. When you start selling those stories about how these local ID programs create equity, I think it creates what we want, which is a universal understanding, the right messaging. And at the, at the end of the day, what is the message we want over any municipal ID program? It is for everyone within that municipality. This is an ID card for all New Yorkers, follow that, Hit it right, reinforce it, clarify it as much as possible, because that's the way to have the success and do what's best for the folks that live within that municipality.
0: And so, just to be clear, so I understand this. I mean, this is no, this is no protection against uh, against immigration enforcement or anything like that. It's purely a means of demonstrating that we know who you are. You live in this city, and while you're living in this city, you can avail yourself of the services that are here.
2: Agreed. The arguments on the federal and state level are something far removed from what we're doing here on a municipal level. So,
0: Miriam, is this an approach which is actually gaining more support internationally? I mean, what are the experiences of other cities and regions around the world, uh, positive and negative, of similar schemes? And do you think that we're going to see more and more of this?
3: Right. Well, it's it's certainly the case that more and more cities across the globe are developing some version of of an ID card. So, uh, and and uh, as I mentioned at the start, I think there is there there's at least three different types. The first one is is uh, more kind of administrative, and that allows all the citizens in that territory to be registered and recognised. Um, you know, the uh, case for the city of Barcelona, the Padrón in, in the city of Barcelona. And then uh, we have the second type, which is uh, uh, local ID cards for specific audiences. And this is gaining more popularity in Europe. And uh, these cards are aimed to offer uh, services to people affected by situations of uh, vulnerable, vulnerability and precariousness. And um, so I'll give here a couple of examples. So uh, actually, the city of Utrecht in, in the Netherlands has developed two types of ID cards. So one is called U-Card, which is uh, uh, developed for Utrecht, for everyone, like so all citizens. And then the second one, which is uh, called BB Programme Card, uh, which stands for a program called Bed, Bath and Bread, for irregular migrants um, and which is funded nationally uh, for a number of Dutch cities. And so these uh, holders of these uh, BBB cards are protected from uh, arrest once they kind of um, show their cards. In other parts of Europe, so for instance in France, there is the Carte Blanche, which is uh, in the city of Nantes and which is aimed to promote access to culture, uh, sports and leisure for most vulnerable uh, populations. Um, and, and then the, the third type of, of uh, ID cards is called uh, local inclusive citizenship cards. And these are specific uh, schemes in which the notion of residence and right to city, as well as solidarity are, are kind of intertwined. To provide protection uh, for vulnerable groups and um, uh, to improve access to rights and, and services, fight discrimination um, and, and guarantee links of trust between users and, and local services.
0: You've been listening to the Migration Oxford podcast. I'm Rob McNeil
3: And I'm Jackie Broadhead.